So you're thinking, where is Dr. Burton today? I was thinking the same thing. Um, no. Dr. Burton is out sick. You know, there's a lot of stuff going around during the holiday season. It stinks just during the holiday season. Everybody's getting sick, but got a text this morning that he is out with the stomach bug. And so I don't want that. You probably don't want that. And he probably doesn't feel like doing a whole lot. So you've got me this morning. So we are going to look at today a little bit into the Christmas story. Um, and I might have an early Christmas present for you today and get you out early. Would that be okay with you all? Would that be a nice Christmas surprise? So Christmas is a busy time of year. It's amazing how busy it is. Um, it's like, it seems like Kingsport doubles or triples in the amount of cars on the road during the month of December. I mean, used to you could get from one place to the other, you'd get there in like five minutes, and now you get on the road, and you're like, what in the world is happening? Where is everybody coming from? There's tons of cars. They're out 8 o'clock at night, usually when everybody's getting home, and things are slowing down. There's people everywhere, and you're like, what is going on? But it's Christmas. Traffic is busy. Shopping is busy. A lot of you have these shopping lists to do and things to buy for, and Amazon has become a great friend to many of you. You can just go in there and, and buy all your stuff, and two days later, it's at your door. You're like, shopping's done. Um, but it's a busy time. And also, you've got to prepare for Christmas. Many of you, I mean, just look at the time and effort that went into the sanctuary. Isn't it absolutely beautiful? I mean, the lights, the wreaths, yes. We have a group that comes in, and they spend hours upon hours every year just making this place look absolutely gorgeous and to honor God with the decorations and you got the nativity scene here but at your own home there's probably a lot of you putting up Christmas decorations putting up the tree how many of you put up the tree you know like a week before Christmas anybody do that how many of you are like my wife and then it's like Halloween and the very next day you're allowed to put up the tree some of you like that okay so most of you are probably in between those two extremes but you get stuff ready for the house. You're getting ready for people to come over, and you're staying busy there. Getting ready for family, getting ready for travel, because we all want the perfect Christmas, don't we? We want Christmas to be just right. We want our house to look just right. We want the decoration to look just right. We want the food that we're spending all day or all week making for a special occasion be just right. If you have kids, you want them to act just right, you know, around Christmas time, especially when people are coming over. Clean up your room. Get everything ready. We have people coming over. You know, we want everything to be just perfect, and we spend so much time doing that. So the question comes is, what are your expectations for Christmas? Like, what, what do you expect to get out of Christmas? What are you expecting this year to make your Christmas perfect? Now, if you have things just right in your house, your kids act just right, the food is just right, will that make it the perfect Christmas? Or maybe you get that perfect gift. Maybe you came in a little bit extra money this year and you can make that. Get that perfect gift that somebody's always been wanting. And give that to them, and, and it'll make Christmas just right. 
And so what I'm going to share with you today is something that's been on my heart for a while. I was going to maybe share it later at the start of the year, but and you probably will probably hear this a lot from me as I lead worship. But sometimes I think when it comes to just life in general, when it comes to worship and our worship services, when it comes to Christmas and all these other things in life, there's this thing that just keeps coming to mind. It's preference versus presence. How many times are we seeking our preference for things to be a certain way, whether it's with worship, whether it's with music, whether it's with the message, whether it's with our life, whether it's with the Christmas and holiday season, we're seeking things to be a certain way because we want a certain preference and we expect certain things and we're, we're more concerned about all of that. We're more concerned about what people think than just saying, God, we want your presence. God, we want your presence. We want you to show up. God, when it comes to Christmas season, we don't want to be so busy with things and having things, our preference, our needs met a certain way, having our house look a certain way, having our kids act a certain way, having different things, having things just right that we go the whole season and we miss out on his presence. Or about when we come to worship. Are we coming to worship because we want God's presence to fill this place and to fill our hearts and to meet us where we're at? Or are we coming to worship for other reasons? Because we want the pastor to speak a certain way. We want the music to be a certain way. We want this or that, or we wish somebody would dress a certain way. So it's that preference versus prep versus presence. Now look at the story of Luke, uh, chapter 2. Of course, this is the Christmas story, and you've heard this many times. You've even heard it from Dr. Burton. It's one of his favorite parts of the Christmas story, but it's when the shepherds visit Jesus. And Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles or if you have your digital Bible, or if you can look on the screen, we have it on the screen. We're going to go 8 through 15 and just pass that through verse 20. But it says, that night some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened. But the angel reassured them. First, we have these shepherds. Why in the world would God decide through an angel to visit shepherds? We talked about this in the young adult Bible study the other week. So we have, before Christ Coming into the picture here, we have all these prophets in the Old Testament who are speaking on God's behalf. And then we have what's called the 400 years of silence where nothing else is really written. So is God still speaking? But he was in the background doing work. He was not caught off guard. He was about his business, getting ready 
to bring the Savior of the world into the picture. So God's doing that, and all of a sudden, you have Jesus, God in flesh, coming to planet Earth. And how does he do it? Our preference, and probably the preference of a lot of people back in that day, is we want somebody who's going to come in and overthrow the Roman government. We want somebody to come in and power. So maybe the Messiah is going to be coming because they were all looking for the Messiah. The Messiah is going to come, and he's going to come to a royal family, you know, some family that's in power. Or maybe he's going to come to some celebrity back in that day where everybody's going to know, okay, this, this person is the Messiah. But how does God do it? There's no, it's going to be done through a humble young woman. Humble young woman that really not hardly anybody knows except for some close friends and family. And it's going to be done in a place, not a major city, not in Rome or some major place. It's going to be done in Bethlehem. Oh, by the way, it's not going to be done in some hospital of that day or some inn or some nice place. It's going to happen. Many scholars think it was a cave, just a place in the side of a hill that would keep animals from getting wet and maybe keep them warm during the season. That's where the Messiah is going to be born. Most people, that, that wouldn't be their preference. Especially back then, they would want everybody to know who the Messiah was. And yes, he's coming to take charge. But God had different plans. He wanted his presence to show up in human form in a very humble way. And then also, what's crazy is we look at this story. The announcement comes to who? It comes to the shepherds. Why wouldn't God decide to announce it some other big extravagant way so everybody would know, hey, this is the Messiah right here. Be ready. These lowly shepherds, I mean, that, that was their life, just living in a field, taking care of sheep. Nothing too special about that. But God said, I'm going to give you something special. You're going to be the first ones to hear that the Christ is born. So they were frightened, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to all whom God favors. God was showing his favor to the shepherds at this moment. How special is that? That the heavenly host opened up in praise over this event and the shepherds were the first one to witness this. And the angels had returned to heaven the shepherds said to each other, come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph, 
And there was the baby lying in the manger. And the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God for what the angels had told them, because they had seen the child just as the angel had said. What a story. I don't know all the reasons why God would have decided to go to the shepherds first. Maybe it's because he could trust them with what he was going to tell them. I mean, they, they right away, they went to see Jesus. And right away, they went to go tell others. And right away, they began praising God for everything. The shepherds, there was nothing special about them except that God loved them and wanted to meet them right there where they were at. My hope and prayer this Christmas season for you is be available. Be available for God to meet you in a special way during this season. Be available to celebrate what God has done. Don't get so caught up in your preference of a perfect Christmas and what it should look like that you miss out on Jesus. that you miss out on Christ. It'd be really easy, if you're not careful, to go to church, go to the Christmas Eve candlelight service. It'd be really easy to have some amazing dinners. It'd be really easy to hang out with friends. It'd be really easy to buy a bunch of amazing presents. It'd be really easy to receive a bunch of really neat gifts and do a lot of Christmas parties. And the whole time you're doing that, you miss out on Jesus. You miss out on Christ. Here's the thing that I want to close with. See, God's gift to us was himself. God's gift to us was himself. He decided to come in humanity to put on flesh, to be in human form, to be a gift to us, to later die on a cross for our sins so we can have a relationship with him. And I really think that maybe our gift to God and probably what he wants it's just ourselves. There's nothing fancy about it. He just wants us. He wants us to enjoy his presence. 
He wants us to be in his presence. I'm going to have the worship team come back up here and we're going to close on a song. And my gift to you, from me, will be out early. But God's gift to you was his presence. And our gift back to him during this busy season should be us. Don't come into this season with worried about all the perfect Christmas, worried about your preference and all this, but I pray and hope that you're concerned about just, God, I just want your presence. And you're like, God, here am I. I just want to be with you and be in your presence. So we're going to stand and we're going to close with a song. The same song we sang right before the message. And as the band plays and before we sing, maybe you are here today and you're like, I don't really know what that presence is like. Maybe you've never heard the gospel that Jesus, God in flesh, came to earth because he loved us. Maybe you've, you've never heard that because of sin, because we pick our preference all the time and selfishness and things and, and we do sinful things and, and we mess up that a holy God because he's holy it's just who he is he can't partake in sin he can't have any part in that so we're separated from him we're separated from this holy God who created us created you created this world for us to live in to enjoy we're separated from him because of our sin in our life God loves us. It says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, his only begotten son. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's what Christmas is about. That God says, I love the people I created so much that I want a relationship with him. I want my presence to be known in their life. I want to have community with them. That he stepped down into flesh. And this was just the beginning, this manger scene. As he knew later it would lead to him living a perfect life and dying on a cross. To pay the penalty for my sin and for your sin. And then he said if we just confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord and he rose again, we are saved. Maybe you've heard that story a thousand times. It doesn't get old to me. I've grown up in the church, and as I share that, it does not get old. I made a decision to follow Christ when I was 10 years old. 
And all along the way, I'm still learning what that means and what that looks like to be in his presence. Some of you today, maybe you've never made that decision to follow Christ. I'm going to ask this. We don't normally do this, but they'll kind of let you just bow your head right now. that says I don't know if I've made that decision but I want God's presence in my life I want to surrender my life to him if that's you and you're unsure right now you just raise your hand just so I can I can see that any of you that have raised your hand and I ask that I'm not going to ask you to come down here I ask that you do a bold thing raising your hand is kind of the uh, yeah I believe in my heart it says confess with your mouth so ask sometime before you leave this building you could wait around 10 or 15 minutes that's fine I'll be here you can do it right after the service but after the service just find me and say Matt God's working on my heart and I want to make that decision to surrender to him. I want his presence. And others of you this morning, maybe this is just a reminder that so many times we make it about us and our preference when we just need to make it about him and his presence. Put our preferences aside and say, God, we just want you. Whatever that looks like, we just want you. We just want to meet you. You came to meet us. And we want to bring all of who we are to you.